Hi, this is Peyton with Girls Gone Right. Tonight we have Diana here with us, and she is from the Cinderella story from the Glenn Beck Show. I don't know if any of you guys have heard her story, but I heard it, and it really just sparked something in me, and I felt like I really connected with her from hearing her story. So I had to reach out to have her on the show tonight. So if you don't know about her story, she is going to go ahead and tell us. How are you doing tonight? I'm great. I'm so excited that I am here with you today, Peyton. I'm really excited to tell my story. Yes, and I'm so excited. Like, I just feel like, I mean, I saw you on Instagram, and I know it's just social media, but I saw that, and I just instantly connected with your story, and I just was like could relate to that, and it just gave me hope to hear about your story. So if you just want to go ahead and tell us about it. Sure. I mean, what you saw was me doing a little reel talking about what it was like to be post-abortive. So going back, I think you and I relate to each other so well because we both came from a background of being, you know, pro-choice. We always, I think women want to feel like they're inclusive and they're understanding and accepting, and we are, and I, I always was too. So I grew up in a household of women, and um, really my mom was a single mom, and she and my sisters were all like, listen, and we, we want to be empowered and we want to be strong. And so when I was growing up, um, one of the first things that I remember was that I always wanted to be a mother. And um, I, I remember this messaging really early as a really young girl, like very little, with um, my, I remember my great aunt saying to me, hey, Deanna, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, I want to be a mom. She goes, Oh, well, what do you, yeah, but what do you want to be? What do you really want to be? I was like, no, I want to be a mom. She says, no, but honey, you don't want to just be a mother. What do you really want to be? And honestly, she was asking me a really good question. And even her prompting into, no, you can do something greater was out of love for me because she really believed that women should be empowered and, and, being a mom back in the day didn't mean I don't, I don't know it, there was more pressure I think for women to have to stay in the home so eventually I just answered her because I knew that my original answer was not acceptable to her so I said well I'll maybe I'll be a um, I'll be a singer and a princess <laughs> so because I was like four years old I'll be a princess so I ended up uh, growing up and I became you know I was a really good singer and when I was 18 years old, I auditioned uh, at Disney World to become a, 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 in a group called Kids of the Kingdom, which is basically kind of a teenage ver version of the Mouseketeers. Um, it predates the Britney Spears <laughs> time, but but you know, I was it was a very exclusive kind of a job to get, and and I got that job singing. Out of, it was one of five girls and five guys, wow. and they auditioned all over the country, like thousands and thousands of people. That's incredible. So, yeah, and as as an eighteen year old who was somewhat obsessed with Disney, you know, um, it was like the coveted job and how fun, right? So. Yeah. I, I go off to Disney World, a, a Midwest girl, but you know I ended up going to Florida and having this amazing job. And they would take me out of the shows to to record the voices of Cinderella and um, and and Sleeping Beauty and the princesses. And I learned so much, and it was just this dream job. So, but it was at that time that I ended up meeting this guy that I really liked, and he was. <laughs> You know, I mean, it was just an amazing little love story at the time, but then I got pregnant. 
And so in my mind, I thought, well, I guess I just have to take care of this because I remember that messaging. I remember, you know, you kind of have, and we don't always talk about this, but there is this concept that you have to wait until X, Y, Z is done and you have all your ducks in a row and everything. And back in the day, you know, I was a child of a single mom. I didn't really have a support system to go back to. And it was kind of like, take care of the thing, you know? So I wanted to be a mother. I actually named the baby even while I was pregnant. And yet at the same time, and I, and for a minute I called, I looked up pregnancy, um, you know, I don't know. I was wanted to find out I was pregnant, but I ended up in a Planned Parenthood. And when I got there, I even asked for counseling. I'm like, okay, when I found out I was pregnant, I was just devastated, but I asked for counseling and what they did is they showed me how to have an abortion because counseling in these those places are even to this day are pretty much code for these are your options for abortion and there's all kinds of pregnancy centers out there now that will really support you through you know through having your child and everything so i basically then was like all right um i guess i'm having this abortion and it was i went in on a friday and I ended up having the abortion, thinking that basically what I'm doing is um, is really taking just taking care of things, and I'll be fine. I'm like, I'll be fine, right? But unbeknownst to me, I'm not fine. I immediately get devastated, and I'm just crushed. And I go back to work on Monday after laying in the fetal position um, for the first, you know, the couple days. And it's harder for me to dance and sing. And then I'm really short with people. I'm like just stressed out. And so, uh, I don't know, it was maybe six months, maybe it was eight months after that. I ended up quitting the job that I thought I was trying to save. I ended up breaking up with the guy I thought I was trying to keep. And I walked away from that job, which was my dream job, crushed and just broken. And then I wanted to die. I wanted to die and commit suicide. And I mean, one of the most poignant moments was my mom called me. She, you didn't know, like nobody knew. I wasn't going to tell anybody ever in my entire life. And I got a call from her and she said, I was just checking in to see how you were. And it was literally around the time where I was considering taking pills and just ending it all. And I ended up I couldn't do it because I thought of her. I thought of all that she's gone through and what it would feel like for her if I haven't even met this child that was just, you know, inside of me and I'm devastated. Imagine losing your, you know, esteemed daughter that you just are so proud of. So I, I still didn't tell her, but I decided to kind of get my act together and I, I, I got some counseling and I, which there wasn't a lot back in the day. And, but I, I, I ended up get, getting my healing and I really had this intervention from God. I was just, I really felt I was being healed from, from really kind of going inside and understanding what had happened to me. So then um, fast forward a few years later, I meet the guy, this guy, I moved back to New York City. I meet meet the guy that I'm going to marry, and I tell him. And then uh, a few a few years after that, I get pregnant, and I have my first daughter. And it was at that moment I really felt like my life was just. I was like, this is it. If God is blessing me with this child, I'm just thrilled. Well, when she was six, we decided to go take her on a trip to Disney World. And at that time, I was there for two days, and I ended up getting pregnant getting pregnant with my son the first time I went back there which was just a miracle and I remember thinking God you were just blessing me so much and then fast forward 
I ended up adopting some kids and now I'm the proud mom of seven kids and you know I really feel just so redeemed but I've learned a lot about that process like and my mindset I learned that number one that this idea of me thinking okay uh, you know I have to do X Y and Z first and my aunt Claire telling me you know you can be anything you want it's not even our original thought it was like Planned Parenthood founder Margaret Sanger actually had this thing that she wrote called the baby code where it says like people she actually thought people should get certificates to have children but she says if you're this and you're this and you're this then you can have a baby and so these thoughts that we think are our own they're actually they call it consciousness raising it's a part of this communist mindset thing that actually we're probably seeing a lot today but it's actually this thing called consciousness raising where they want you to think it's your own idea and it's really not so the very idea of you thinking you can control that have as much sex as you want but just have an abortion it's not a big deal minimizing all that is intentional and it's very much a depopulation thing so and you talk about glenn back then because i'm just trying to get this all in now um <laughs> So that's where I was, and I was innocently just raising my family, you know, a couple years ago, Planned Parenthood then, tweets out, we need a Disney princess who's had an abortion. So it was at that time when I'm just minding my own business, not necessarily an active pro-life advocate, I am, but I'm, I'm you know, I'm in the media, I do, I do things, I do a lot of other things. And I was like, I can't think of anybody else who could respond to this tweet that said, we need a Disney princess who's had an abortion. And so I responded and it went viral. I responded in a blog post. And, and the gist of my whole thing was that, you know, I was a Disney princess and it almost ruined my life. And not only that, the reason why it hit such a nerve with me is because it showed me that they are trying to target people, children that are so young. And the reason I chose abortion was literally that I was groomed from such a young age to, to dismiss motherhood. And that's what they're still doing today. So that's how I ended up into that conversation. And that's why I'm passionate about this now. Like the, if you notice, like they're diminishing, you know, princesses. They don't even like the concept of princesses. Being a queen is amazing, but God forbid you're a princess. Like, so there's this degenderifying you know, uh, world that we're living in where we're like women, you know, you, you think that this feminist movement is supposed to be encouraging women to be all they can be. But what they're really doing is he is, is it feels like we're losing our, like they're just, I, I, I want to say emasculating us, but I don't know if that's the correct word, yeah. but it's really taken away the very sexuality and the, and the sensuality and the, and the nature of who we are so they it's 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 like that they they hate that they hate the feminine aspects of who we are and it's just it's a time to really be able to kind of raise our hand and say hey this isn't right like even what's going on with you know sw swimming right now like the women are competing against men now and it's like do we really have the rights to just express ourselves as women why can't we have babies and have jobs literally isn't yeah. that what we were fighting for for years so yeah wow that's that's incredible. I feel like that that Planned Parenthood tweet was just like an act of God because that was calling you to share your story and connect that and call them out on their bullcrap that they've been trying to do. I mean, these past 
bunch of years in attacking motherhood. I mean, I truly just feel like, I mean, on my latest podcast, I talked about it as well. I was pro-choice and that was just when I was in college and that's what I was being fed. I was being fed socialism on a plate and I really just bought into it. I really felt like to, if you you couldn't be successful and I felt like you couldn't be a mother at the same time they they give you these two choices and they tell you you can only have one but you definitely you can have it all if you want and also motherhood is not supposed to be something that's like frowned upon like oh you're just a stay-at-home mom like what do you mean like you are raising children that is what that is what our I mean there's two genders there's male and there's female and females are supposed to stay at home and take care of their children, raise their children. You can do more if you want. I mean, but that is what our roles are supposed to be. And it's a beautiful thing. And I really just feel like society is attacking motherhood because they know it's an attack on the nuclear family and it's an attack on religion and they're taking that away from us. So they're turning motherhood into like this toxic thing. And I mean, it's really sad. That's, I mean, that's their plan on abortion is that if, do you want to have a kid or, do you want to just abort it and then move on and be move on with your career and take the other options? Yeah, and if you go back to what I was saying regarding this consciousness raising piece, it's it's that they want to uh, the elimination of the parent and the parent parental influence in a child's life is very communist. And you you know you're talking about you being inspired like you know in college regarding this socialist kind of thing, but it's very communist. Like if you see in in um, you know the school board thing, whatever you see, the parents are being, you know, even our rights medically for medical freedom or whatever, it's being uh, set aside. And I think they use that thing all the time. Well, you know, well you mean what do you mean you're pro life and you're not pro choice? Because as as a young woman, you know, because when I was you know, like college age when I had this abortion, the last thing I wanted to be considered was somebody who didn't uh, welcome and accept and support a woman's choice. But when you really, like for, for anything that she would want, but this is so different when you really break it down. This is a human life that is the result of some of your actions. And, and what I've learned in the process is that this whole feminist movement, um, you know, that we've, that we've known of. I mean, I like to consider myself a pro-life feminist, although feminists can have like a, you know, a negative word the same way, but like the, this whole movement actually has been really diminishing our greatest power. There is power in being able to take a difficult situation and persevere through it in spite of your own struggles and pain and put yourself aside in order to create life. When you think of that period of pregnancy, it really is only, it's nine months and yes, you do have to raise the child, but we need to teach women more about birthing things. Too many people are enabled these days, they're they're weak because they're like, well, that offends me, this offends me, that that offends me. And what what better thing can we teach people than about birthing things, not only physically, but spiritually and mentally and emotionally. When you go to school and a class is hard, you gotta push through it, right? When you're starting a new business, you gotta push through it. Like there's this laboring process that the feminist movement wants to totally set aside and make us weaker. And the thing is, is that persevering and having something that's unplanned because unplanned stuff comes into your life constantly and being able to figure out what to do that is positive during an unplanned thing. 
is it, that's what it's really all about about really getting gritty and being a strong woman is like you know what I can birth this and I can do that I in fact I can do that I can do my business and I can birth this and I can get through school even when these women that are saying you know I can be empowered but I can't do that I can even stand in the face of them and maybe even be strong enough to say okay well maybe I'm not pro-choice then in that regard I'm pro-choice in every other way but not when it comes to annihilating another human being like yeah. there's no gray area we can't be we can't we can't believe that women can be strong and and if we really look at things women have made huge strides most women I know of legitimately do not feel oppressed in America yeah. at least they are oppressed in other places but they don't yeah, I completely agree. And I love that you are talking about like, this is the result of an action getting pregnant, that sex was an action that, that you choose. So then when people are like, well, I should pro choice, well, you chose to have sex, though. So you not are now having the result of that, which is a baby. So and I love that, because I feel like they the whole abortion feminist movement is is taking away from personal responsibility. When people have freedom, now you have this great weight of personal responsibility. So people don't want freedom because they can't handle that personal responsibility. And this is goes far from it relates to pro-choice, this this whole feminist movement, but it also goes to so many other aspects of your life where personal responsibility is so important and that's trying to be taken away from us because the less personal responsibility have the less freedom we have and mm -hmm. it's just so important that people can handle that personal responsibility i mean if you can't handle your like like you said when you're in a bad situation if you can't just take action and accept that but also move forward and have a plan of action to make it a better situation I, you just can't keep looking externally for answers. You yeah. you can do hard things, and I think that is incredible. Yes. When I, there's single moms out there that literally choose to have a baby and have no support system, but they do it anyways because they and I, and I see that I'm like that is a badass woman out here raising yeah. a, a child by themselves. Like they have no support system. I know people who are single mothers and don't have a, that support system, and and they do it anyways. They didn't choose to abort their child, but instead out of a difficult situation where they could have just gotten out of it, they they stood up and they they walked into motherhood and they see that as a really powerful thing. So there's yeah. two ways that you can see that. And, and if you think of what really pro-choice should really look like is that if, you know, Peyton comes to me and like, first off, we need more mentorship where people can really help each other truly and not be so isolated because even in this crazy populated world, we're isolated. But pro-choice should really be like, okay, how I, 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 I want to keep this child. What can you do to help? And the thing is, there are, th are uh, organizations that can help you. Like there's all these pregnancy support centers and all that. But women don't know. And we're, we're kind of wired to have to just suck it up, buttercup, put on, put on your big girl panties and get through it yourself. We're not teaching this true sense of community. Like, you know, the socialist concept is like, oh, we can all be in a community. But we're really not teaching that in feminism that it's okay for you to have a different group think. It's okay for you to actually even maybe want to keep your baby and still say you're pro-choice. It's all of these things are okay, like, but, but don't kill somebody you know and so we need to teach women like the one thing I did not know even though I had 
you know, I had three sisters and my mom, I knew that they were all pro-choice, right? So I didn't really know how to troubleshoot at the age of 18 how to really find the true support because I knew Disney, it was such a big job and I didn't want to tell anybody that I was, you know, it was such, I was just caught in a corner. But in hindsight, obviously, is that if I really probably was brave enough to have conversations, I have friends, I have a friend who was, who played Belle. She had a baby. This is like a few years after she got pregnant when she was playing Belle and they worked around her. Like a lot of these things were my assumptions. Like, I'm not going to succeed if I have this child. They're going to fire me forever. Like, I'm sure they would have put me on leave, but I don't know if they would have fired me forever. Like, um, the, the thing is, is that we need to be strong. We need to be able to have these conversations. And we, when people are in crisis, we need to truly let them know that we are available to listen. Like if Planned Parenthood didn't have a strict abortion agenda, they will say that they'll give people options, but they don't. They really don't. But if they really truly were um, there for parenthood, then they would help people decide to keep their babies, you know, rather than giving them counseling as to the four different ways to abort their babies, you know. And so it's we just need to create more mentorship and, and just listen and women out there and anybody listening now don't feel alone. The worst thing you can do with anything is to isolate. It's great to tell people and to listen and look at your options. And, uh, you know, I, I know women who have gone through awful, awful uh, situations and gotten pregnant, even through rape and made decisions to keep their babies. And they, they will say that it was one of the most redemptive things they could have done rather than, you know, put violence upon violence on themselves that they, you know, and having that baby and some gave them up for adoptions and others um, kept them. So there there are things that you can do when you're processing it but have conversations with other women and try to get vulnerable you don't have to be you don't have to suck it up or put your big girl panties on all the time you really can be vulnerable and you can express your concerns with people and there are so many people out there that can help you yeah i love that i mean it is truly all about community and i do feel like that that could be the bridge to to fix this and to just not so people know that there's not just one option like if you are cut in a corner like like you were that you have a community to fall back on and you're not alone and just just i do have a few questions for you so when when did you start to like when was the moment where you started to feel like you were going to be pro-life it was during the time that i was being healed because i wanted to know why like why did i think this why was I think so there was one little experiment that they had me do which was like um, fill out a pie chart as to who's blank like who's like what who made like was it all your decision was it really all your choice and when I really filled out that pie chart it was like okay well the guy I was with he didn't really want me to have the baby okay I know that um, you know Planned Parenthood you know really emphasized that I would you know that I would do this like there were all of these, oh, from the time I was a child, I was sort of conditioned to this. Okay, like there were so many different pieces of the pie, like the government, like, you know, was in, endorsing abortion, the women's movement, like all of this stuff. And I realized that it wasn't, like I said, fully my own decision. And then I went a little spiritual. I went into, you know, the scripture and I saw that in Deuteronomy, it mentions, it says, I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. So it says, choose life. Like he gives you the, God gives you the choice, 
but it says it's like an I say it's like an open book test like if somebody if I just would have known what God wanted right so you know and it says choose life so that was another huge thing I always choose life and things that you're doing and then when I really thought about the science and how they lied to me like it's a blob of tissue I didn't get to see an ultrasound um, and I started to see the science and the development I was like I I am totally pro-life. I didn't like aligning with the culture of pro-life at the time because I didn't like this. I didn't want to be feel like I was militant, hold up a sign of, you know, a, a, an aborted baby and like browbeat people into being pro-life. And I realized that being around the culture of pro-life women, that there are pro-life women who are gay. There are pro-life women who are Democrats. <laughs> there are pro-life women who are every type of religion and so when you start to think that okay maybe i because people identify with culture and so they want to stay away from pro-life because it's culture so i realized i had a bias against the pro-life um movement because i thought i would have to be x y and z rather than realizing that i could be a part of that and still be just different and be who i am right yeah and and so when it it, it just sort of after the abortion i feel like i, I became pro-life honestly the the day like the day of I was just like what like you told me x y and z and it's not that at all like I did not expect and then that's the other thing they don't tell you about post-abortion syndrome which is very real some women don't have it but you know I had like a sense of uh, relief for a moment like sure I don't have to deal with that problem and then immediately it was like I missed my child like what the heck is that and then just it's an irreversible decision where if you really realize that if you just persevere and get through the next nine months of your life you know and bring a life into it but this irreversible deep regret and grief is so hard to get through they don't tell you that there's a possibility of you being of having higher rate of the possibility of breast cancer because of different um estrogen levels that that happen when you have a an, a, a forced uh you know, miscarriage rather than, you know, a natural, a natural release of that baby. So with your hormones, like there's all kinds of things. And so it's, it was knowledge. It was really just getting the information that I wish I totally would have had that I kind of tried to get for a minute in counseling. I wanted to know more, but then I was just like, okay, whatever, you know, it's, it was like, it was totally felt like a sales job. It's like you go in and it's wow. like, okay, you're going in for counseling and it's like, okay, here's your dates, here's your brochure, which date? Rather than, uh, you know, well, I'm kind of thinking, I actually think I said this, I'm kind of thinking about keeping the baby. Well, let's just be real. These, This is what will happen if you keep your child. Wow. So, you know, I, I think it's information and I think if more and more people who at least want to explore uh, the option of being whoever they are, but also pro-life, they'll see that it's a much more diverse group of people than they think. Wow. That is, I mean, that I, that I didn't know that either, that if you have like all these things that can happen out of, after abortion and especially like going through that emotionally and grieving, I mean, you go there for Planned Parenthood, you think that they would be able to provide you that help because they know how it is. They should be able to give you the next steps and your options and what that looks like because it's literally called planned parenthood and yet they're give they're pushing people in the direction 
to to take that away from them, which is just they should probably change their name if that's the case. Right. And Peyton, the the post-abortion <laughs> syndrome is very intense for people. Like a lot of women, it could be years later. I remember I spoke at this event and this woman, she's very professional, like she's probably in her 60s. She left the first day and she came back really ticked off, like, because she didn't like what I was saying. It was sort of like, well, what's the big deal? She just had like one abortion, big deal. She had never told anybody about abortion. It was very, it was a big event, but still very, you know, kind of confidential. So she comes to the mic the next day just sobbing. She had never let it out of her mouth that she had had that experience. She never allowed herself to grieve. And what happens is when you go through the healing process, like you, then you start to grieve your child because you, you never gave yourself permission to really grieve it. You felt the regret. You felt the sadness of you know, maybe your decision, but grieving the loss of the child is a real thing. And then you don't forgive yourself. So you have to learn how to forgive yourself. And a lot of people who have had abortions, what they don't realize is like, why do I try to, I'm trying to succeed at this. And it every, everything seems to get cut off just when I'm about to get through it. I'm trying to do this and everything seems to get cut off. Well, it's almost like, and I can't really explain it, but this abortion spirit or this abortion pattern seems to resurface itself i don't know if it's behavior i don't know if it's spiritual or whatever but until you kind of face you know what that is and go back to heal from the abortion it's hard to fully birth some other stuff obviously this isn't for everybody but for many women i've seen that there's a higher addiction level afterwards because they're trying to self soothe or whatever trying to deny the thing um, there's there's a lot of things if you start to research it's similar to PTSD you know there's a, there's a lot of similar uh, things that happen so the healing and it could be years later I didn't talk about it for years like and then when I did I had to go through the whole process and then there are things to this day like that can trigger things for me like I can't I, I tried a few try, times to go out to the abortion clinics and be the one like talking to people and, and when I did I it was you know I had some good experiences but it triggers me too much it's too yeah. intense even though I've been through so much healing I have flashbacks myself so um and I'm a person that talks about it and helps counsel people and I still have some of that come up every now and then yeah I mean I'm sure that would cause lifelong trauma I mean that's a mm-hmm. A big thing. It's not just like a one and done. Like they make it seem like you you go there, it's done, and then move on with your life. Like that is something that you have to like hold in your heart for the rest of your life. And that is like a big thing. It's not just you go there and it's uh, you go for an appointment and then it's it's done. Like that is just. I mean, you're grieving a loss of a human. So I I just can't even imagine what what that feels like. I mean I. Planned Parenthood definitely has a miss on that part of what happens after that because they have it all set up. It seems like that to help you get an abortion, but especially like what happens after that, the next step, that seems like even harder than getting the abortion itself. So that is just... There's a lot of even physical um, ramifications immediately after the abortion. Sometimes like there's stories of women going back and saying look this is happening this is happening like when you get an abortion you need to know do they have hospital admitting uh, privileges many of them don't so if you're like bleeding out or something let's say there's something bad that happens like it could be really serious and there is a story recently of a woman who tried to go back after she had taken the 
you know, the, the medical abortion and she was, you know, really having a hard time and they wouldn't even take her in. So here she oh. is. And, and so these are things to ask, like, you know, but I, I wouldn't even be going in there cause I wouldn't trust, you know, what they, what they had to say. But like, if you're even contemplating those decisions, really look at everything Look at all of the different sides. And that is something I didn't want to do. It's just like, let's get that. Let's just get it done and move it. Like you think you sit too hard and you're, you know, and it's hard because some women are, you know, they have so much pressure on them. And yet it's even, like I said, even in those pressures, if you can turn it around and say, but how can we make this happen? Rather than it's not going to, it, this is, it's going to do this. It's going to do that. Yeah. But let's reverse engineer it and say, how can we make this happen? And let's think of the good thing that might happen. Maybe I'm just 18 years old, right? But maybe I've always wanted to be a mother and maybe this child is going to change my life for the better. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to sit out of my job right now, but what if this person becomes my best friend? What if this mm -hmm. transforms me to be like amazing, you know? we don't have these conversations it's like it's so focused on the tr the the intensity of the moment rather than well what like if if you really start to think of what how cool it might be it'd be like a you know me being like an 18 year old mom <laughs> and still being able to have my job and if i don't have my job i still have my talent i could still get another job like yeah think think high like really think positively and how that could look and and then when you put when you when you vision cast that for women and you realize that they can make that happen then they see things very differently you know they do they really do so yeah uh, i love that that is such a such a good point to bring up is just turn it around and i mean again like with any situation look at look at the good and then the bad doesn't seem so bad anymore so what would you do if you could go back um, and talk to your to your 18 year old self before when when she found out she was pregnant? What would you tell your 18 year old self? I would say that you can do this and that it's not the end of the world. We will find support for you. Um, you you're amazing. You have a bright future for you. And I know this is unexpected, but you're such a great person to be able to have this happen to and you'll be able to really find great happiness and joy and like i said sorry my dog is <laughs> and funny. like i and like i said i would say to her this could be one of the best things that ever happens to you oh okay well you heard it guys if anyone out there is going through anything like this you can do it just flip it around and you have a whole community there's so many resources i'm going to tag some on this post when i when it gets posted so you guys can have your resources but what an incredible story. You have changed your life and you just have such an amazing story. Like it truly touches so many people. And like, I know when I saw that, that was just something that really resonated with me because I mean, going, I, I was pro-choice and like recently I did become pro-life and I've gone through this change and shift. And it's because I focused on my relationship with God and God just was telling me that, I was giving into the evil, like toxic trends of society and that I, if I wanted to move forward in my relationship with God, that I had to put my trust in him and I couldn't just put it in what was making everyone else feel good. I couldn't just say that I was pro-choice because I just wanted to be inclusive and I wanted to pretend like I was 
you know, standing up for women's rights when really that's that's not what it is. And it's really just something evil that has been disformed to make it look like it's a good thing. And, Absolutely. And that was like one thing that I really, I think if like going through the, these changes and like becoming a conservative and that was like one of the hardest things was becoming, making, like really understanding what pro-life was and what that meant to me and what that meant to God. And that was a big thing for me to just learn about because I I just have had like through college I always just felt like motherhood had this like big heavy weight and like some dark cloud over it that's really what it felt like and it just felt like it was like I was so unattracted to motherhood and I felt like I was just so far away from that and that was just like a big thing that I had to conquer so so seeing that and like what you went through I'm like that is just incredible because People can make these changes. It doesn't, it it may feel like that so many people are pro-choice and like the world has so much evil in it, but I mean, people can change. It just takes one thing. It just takes hearing one story or going through a story yourself that will change your life and it will change everything. So I'm so glad that you were able to share this and I hope that other people hear this and it sparks something in your heart. Because, I mean, I know it did for me. So thank you so much. I, I'm so happy that we got to do this. <laughs> yeah, it was a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Well, anytime. Okay, well, thank you guys so much. Um, I hope you guys all enjoyed this story. And I hope that you guys were moved by this. And I know it just gave me chills listening to this. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much. This is Peyton with Girls Gone Right. Yay.